You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. It's another edition of Accounting Influencers with me, Rob Brown. We interview some of the top influencers in the world, in the accounting profession and the fintech industry that surrounds them. I'm thrilled to have with me today an absolute legend of the game who's been around quite a while. It's Jim Bork. Good day, sir. Hey, good day, Rob. Happy to uh, to be on your show today. Jim, for people that haven't come across you, you've been doing this a while. How do you answer the what do you do question these days? Man, that's a loaded question. My, part- <laughs> my, my partners at my firm even ask me what I do. So, Well, you've got your finger in so many pies, Jim. Yeah, I do. I do. It keeps me going every single day. I totally enjoy it. I enjoy like the excitement of seeing something different every day. But my own firm, Witham, we are a top 20 firm uh, in the United States. I work in the, I call it the center of the universe. I work in Times Square. My office is right there where the ball drops on 42nd and Broadway. Uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm not there today. I'm working from home. I'm rarely in the office. I spend a lot of my time on the road. I speak a lot for AICPA, for SEMA, and for our International Association of Firms, HLB International, which is headquartered in uh, in London. What kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now, Jim? There's a lot going on. There's so much going on. And, and you know, you think about it, what recently happened with ChatGPT, the whole profession is like, oh, my God, the excitement around AI, the excitement around technology. Again, it's back. Right. Everyone is. And it's 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 almost like it's almost like what happened when the Internet like started to go crazy. Right. Everyone's like, no, we got to block it. We have to stop it. We can't let our people touch it. It's bad. Right. <laughs> then you have the other extreme. Let's embrace it. Let's see what's going on. You have the same thing going on with ChatGPT. I mean, you think about it, man. It's six months ago. No one knew what it even was. And, uh, you know, in, in the United States, we have a one of the largest technology conferences for the profession is called Engage. It's run by the AICPA. It was in Las Vegas. We had about over 4,000 accountants there last year, last June. There was not one discussion about ChatGPT because it wasn't really known. People really didn't hear about it. Fast forward. Oh, my God. Today. You can't have a conference where that technology is not mentioned. So the excitement around technology today is off the charts. And I attribute it to that as well. You know, the, the technologies that lead up to like AI and things like that as well. Well, we'll talk about technology on this show. I know it's a subject close to your heart. We'll get you on another time and talk about advisory, which is another topic that you're very passionate about. But when it comes to something like chat GP technology, accountants, CPAs, they're not known for their agility and their ability to adapt and adopt and pivot very quickly. So maybe it's natural that they'd be a little slow to the game until they see what's going on and, and they want to get on the bandwagon. Yeah, you know what? You know, I, I you know, yes, I agree with you. Uh, but very often in our profession, we're so, sort of held back by two factors. One, the regulators, you know, that oversee our profession, right? They tell us how we need to audit, the steps we need to take. And, you know, using that as an example, you know, we've been auditing the same way for so many years, right? But technology has moved at lightning speed. And today, 
you think about it, auditors, one of the things that we do is we sample. We take a little piece of data, we sample it, we try to find out what's wrong there in that little sample. And then if we find something wrong, we extrapolate that error amongst the whole thing. Well, today, using technology, it's quicker, much quicker, to deep dive and look at 100% of that client's data like this versus spending time going through all of those steps. So why I say, you know, accountants don't embrace technology sometimes, I don't necessarily think it's all of the accountants. I think we have that great next generation that grew up on these things, right? That they just, technology always works and uh, that's how they want to do their audits. That's how they want to do their tax work. But sometimes regu uh, regulators uh, slow the process. The other is the vendors in our profession, right? We got monster vendors that own our profession. We got Walters Fluor, right? CCH in, in throughout Europe, throughout throughout uh, North America. We got Caseware, we got Thompson, all great vendors. They, they provide us with a tremendous amount of technology that put our tools in our belt. Well, a lot of legacy technologies, you know, they move very slowly. And what we've seen over the last few years, you know, I look at, I look at the UK, for example, a tremendous amount of new technology, best of breed technology has originated in the UK. And that technology is now being embraced by firms in Asia, by firms in North America, South America. It is crazy what I see. And uh, so again, sometimes legacy vendors hold us back as well. There are many factors. You know, I know a lot of great accounts, a lot of great charter accounts, a lot of great CPAs that totally, totally embrace technology. And they wish they could, for example, use their Macs, their Apples to do everything they do, but they can't because we live in a Windows-based world in our profession right now, but it's quickly changing. Well, we hear a bit about the vendor agenda. They're very good at selling software. They're very good at hitting targets. And there's so much software on the market. It must be very difficult for qualified professionals like yourself to make good strategic decisions on tech investment. Well, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I get, I get called in to some of the largest firms around the globe. And they, they call they call me and they say, Jim, we, we need you to take a look. We need to deep dive. Our, we, got, we have a real problem with our technology stack. It doesn't work. Well, you know, what I argue is this, is that there are lots of technologies out there. They all do work. I mean, Walters Kluwer works, Thompson works, you know, they, they all work. It's, it's how you utilize them and how you integrate them into your practice. I mean, a great practice today has, you know, the four mission critical areas. They got their tax application. They got their engagement management application. They got their practice management, how they build clients and receivables and things like that. And then they got their, their document or content management application uh, where they store things and, and collaborate things with their clients. And then everything else is scattered best of breed around that. But those are the four mission critical things. Well, every product out there for the most part, it wouldn't be out there if it didn't work. So, you know, I go in and look, okay, technology is not necessarily broken. It's how you're utilizing the technology within your practices. But you're right, a technology stack today, you can get lost in the technology stack. There's a vendor for technically everything out there. And before you know it, you start adding up all the licensing costs, all the seats you need. It's off the charts. You, got to, you really need to be careful. You need to change mindset as you deploy these technology stacks. And you mentioned legacy. How important is it that the vendors collaborate so that the technology in a firm all speaks to each other and APIs and everything else? Not a lot of that goes on, does it? No. So here's the deal. You know, you hit the nail on the head, Rob. So the biggest problem that I've seen in the profession with legacy technology is, is the lack of open APIs, right? It's you, you, a lot of our legacy vendors in our profession, they like you to live in their products, right? If, if you have a tax product by them, they want you to have the tax product, the engagement product, the document management product. They want you to have all the pieces. 
well, you know what? They may be really great at tax or they, they may be really great at engagement or document, but they're terrible at everything else, right? So why force an accountant to use this product, which is really good, and then use those lame products that they have? The ideal model today is best of breed. I mean, that really works around the globe. It was very difficult to do best of breed products with the legacy, but today there are so many web-based best of breed products. So, you know, I encourage you go out and grab the best practice management application, go out and grab the best document management application. And you know what? Most of the applications today, they have open APIs. You can share data because that's the way technology was meant to work. I would argue if, it, if a vendor doesn't open up their APIs and allow integration to and from other applications, it's time to, it's time to select a new uh, software vendor. Yeah. Well, we're already digging the dirt on technology. What would you say are two or three of the biggest things that are holding the profession back from advancing with technology and getting that digital transformation that we're all crazy yeah. about? Yeah. So I would say the number one thing, look, we have some big vendors in our space. They, these big vendors in our space make a lot of money off of legacy solutions, right? So if the model is the legacy solution is still providing that return on the investment, is still providing the cash flow for some of these vendors we have in our space, well, you know, they're not going to be keen. They're not going to be, be, be very quick to switch. The other is, you know, for the most part, our profession, I mean, like most, I guess, we don't like change. Accountants are change averse, right? We don't really like embrace change as much. So, you know, a lot of accountants have the, have the feeling, hey, you know what, if it's not broke, I'm not going to fix it, you know, regardless of where technology may be going. So many, you know, I'm disappointed to see so many firms around the globe, they're still not using cloud-based solutions, right? They're still using legacy in-house solutions. A lot of them did wake up during the pandemic the last few years when they realized all those solutions that were running on their servers behind their bricks and mortars, uh, bricks and mortar in their offices, they couldn't couldn't access, couldn't utilize. They really understood the power of the internet. They really understood the power of the web. So, you know, that's that's another part of the problem is is vendors continuing to support legacy solutions, not migrating towards web-based solutions. To me, all the new best of breed solutions are they're all web-based. They're browser agnostic, which means I could use my Windows-based machine, I could use my Mac, my Safari, I could use Google Chrome. That's how you want. And then you want device agnostic applications, right? You want applications that will run smoothly on the desktop or laptop or notebook or whatever you use. They also need to run or at least have access to be functional on the mobile device. I understand you can't work on Excel spreadsheets or Word documents and, you know, things like that realistically on these devices. But you know what? Give someone the technology that allows them, that pushes that information into their hands that they have access on these. So... A number of vendors in the space that have recently appeared have pulled that off, have been able to do that, browser and device agnostic. And we've just had in the UK, Jim, an event called the Countex. It's the biggest agnostic event in the world. It'll be on your radar. Yep, Ten yep. and a half thousand accountants over two days, plus hundreds of vendors. And what was noticeable, we were the official broadcast partners of the event. We were talking to the vendors, interviewing them live. And there was a lot of collaboration between vendors. A lot of how can we serve the profession better? We're back in the day that it was a little bit more competitive and adversarial and cards close to your chest. So do you see the, the waters breaking a little bit in that regard? I'll give you an analogy. So a number of years ago in North America, Zero from Australia, from New, New Zealand, came into North America, uh, into the 
you know, that, that accounting software space. And who owns that accounting software space in North America at that time? It was Intuit with their QuickBooks product. And they dominated it. Well, Zero had plans to dominate North America, take over with their really great product. They heard a lot of negative issues about Intuit and QuickBooks in, in, with version control and all of that. And so that's why they stepped in. Well, fast forward at the end of the day, QuickBooks, Intuit, still thriving in North America. Uh, Zero still th thriving very well in North America. When Zero came in, what they served to do was make Intuit and QuickBooks better. They fixed the version control. They stepped up. They enhanced their web capabilities. They really made for a greater, better product in North America, thanks to Zero. Now Zero and, and Intuit both thrive in North American marketplace. So the reason why I bring that up is we've had legacy vendors, Walters, Clore, and things like that, that dominated our profession for the longest time. And at the end of the day, when I'm looking today, I see, you know, look, even look at account tax. When you look at that floor, the vendor floor, you see a tremendous amount of brand new technologies that have entered our profession that are really additional tools in a tool belt for chartered accountants and CPAs and, and, and anyone actually doing audit tax or any type of advisory work. And what we've seen is because of the influx of all of these new vendors in the space, legacy vendors have stepped up. They're getting better. So, you know, will they have as much market share as they've had in the past? No, they'll have to give up a piece of it to these great new technologies, but they'll still be a key player. And that's the thing that these legacy vendors need to be aware of is that they need to embrace change. They need to open APIs. They need to partner up with some of these best of breed technologies. Instead of trying to be that solution to everyone, partner up with some of the latest and greatest technologies and say, how can we work together in this profession? And that's what it's all about. So yes, I absolutely see it. I travel the globe. I see it in North America. I see it throughout Europe. I see it throughout Australia. All over the place, legacy vendors now are stepping it up. They're embracing, for the most part, many are embracing the new vendors, best of breed technologies that are out there. You remind me of the famous experiment done by putting a, a vending machine for Coke next to one with Pepsi. <laughs> right. And uh, they, they both of them sell so much more when they're next to each other. It, it kind of makes the pie bigger. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll share with you. So, uh, you know, uh, one thing, one pa uh, project I'm passionate about in North America the AICPA is about ready to release something called the Dynamic Audit Solution, uh, called DAS, D-A-S. It comes out in July of 23. And uh, that solution is doing just that. It's going to embrace all of these new technologies. So this DAS solution is not going to be something that is meant to be everything, end all, solve all your audit problems. It was created to saying, look, there's lots of great products out there in the UK, Validus, and you know, they're all over the place, all of these technologies. You know what? They're very good at what they do. Why should we create the wheel? Let's embrace it. And I tell you that story because that's what I see all new vendors entering our profession doing. I see them embracing what's already out there, talking about how, can, how they can collaborate with what's already out there. And uh, look, it's, it's only a matter of time before the legacy vendors also say, you know what, we need to embrace this change and collaborate with everyone else that's there. Mm. I don't know how much you follow soccer here in the UK. We have something called relegation and promotion. So if you say the Premier League, one of the most prominent soccer leagues in the world, if you're in the bottom three, you get relegated to the division below and the top three in that division get promoted up. Right. So the concept is that if you're not good enough, you don't survive. But without relegation, 
you tolerate weak teams in the division. I'm just thinking of the whole vendor space. Is there any downside to vendors not playing the game, not being collaborative, thinking that they're too big to go down, if you like? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that is, that's a great analogy because years ago, look, there weren't these best of breed products out there. I, I mean, with the internet, with the last, I'd say, eight years, nine years, 10 years, we've seen a massive amount of new technology enter the profession. So the big players, uh, they just dominate. They, they were able to allow the profession, deliver to the profession technology that was just mediocre, technology that was just okay. And we said, all right, you know what? We have to do tax returns. So we have no choice. Let's use that mediocre technology. You know what? We have to collaborate with our clients. We need a portal. Let's use this mediocre, mediocre portal. And that's what was decided in the past. But today, there's so many other better technologies. And so you talk about relegation, you talk about things like that. Some of the legacy vendors are being forced to change. They're being forced to play the game uh, more so than they ever have in the past. Because you know what? If they don't, yeah, there's no, no theory that they're too big to fail today. They, they, they could easily get surpassed. You know, I see, comp- I see technology companies out of the UK coming into the marketplace in the US in the practice management area. There's very big players. You know who the players are in the UK in a practice management space. You know the players that own that space. They are now entering the North American marketplace, and they are giving the legacy practice management players a run for their money today. That's only good for the accountant, surely. But when you put it into perspective, we've had the Beatles come over and conquer the US. Harry Styles has come over and done his thing right there. But it, it is such a big market. I had this stat, Jim. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. There are more accountants in the state of New York than there are in the whole of the United Kingdom. I believe that, absolutely. And the distances are so vast, just getting people together in a room. So it is difficult, presumably, for vendors to come over and break into the UK market. I know you advise a lot of them on their strategy to do so. I do, I do. It's You know, it's difficult for vendors to enter a new marketplace. It's difficult for vendors in North American marketplace to enter the UK marketplace, enter a European marketplace. It's difficult for European vendors, UK vendors to enter the North American marketplace. But you got to look, it's a global economy today, right? It's a global, We have a global workforce. My own firm itself we have with our HLB connections, we're around, we're in 300 countries around the globe, boots on the ground. So I have a, I have a client, if I have a client that may need an inventory observation done in London or need a, uh, is doing an acquisition in Sydney, I pick up the phone and I just or I, I just text or I email our local uh, firms that are there. So it's the same thing. It's today, the best technology companies understand that they need a global presence. Uh, and, you know, I often say, so I speak, I speak around the globe. And I go to a lot of countries where I don't understand the language, right? And they talk about audit and audit. There's different standards and different reporting. Tax is even worse. They talk about all different tax codes in different countries. Some have tax, some don't have tax. There's VAT tax, there's income tax, there's estate tax. But when it comes to technology, I often say I speak the global language, right? Because today we could all use those same technologies to do audit, to do tax, to do advisory services. I'll sit in in a meeting, they may be speaking a foreign language, and all of a sudden I hear them say, Microsoft 365. I'm like, whoa, there you go. I mean, that's, you know, they said that in English, right? Because that's how how Office and Microsoft is, is known today. So yeah, technology, the global language, technology is something that breaks those those barriers, those continental barriers that exist where there's difference in different things, but not with technology. Yeah, that's a really good point. I used to live in Hong Kong where they speak Cantonese as opposed to Mandarin on the mainline. 
mainland. And uh, you'd hear a torrent of Cantonese with people on the phone. All of a sudden, a word would come out that they had no Cantonese equivalent for, like fax machine. And they'd say it in English. Right, exactly. It's the universal language sometimes when you get words like that. It's got its own doxology. It is, man. It is. is. I I totally enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy seeing technologies cross borders. Uh, Like I mentioned, I've seen a massive amount. I mean, one thing in the UK that you guys are really doing great. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what, what, what's happening, but a massive amount of great best of breed technology today is originating in the UK. And I'm seeing it pop up throughout all of North America. I'm getting calls from the CEOs and vendors in, in the UK. Hey, Jim, can you shed some light on the North American marketplace? Tell us the scope, tell us what the market is, tell us all of this. We set up meetings in my New York office and we talk, we chat, we talk about the pain points that accountants have in North America. So Look, the world is their oyster, right? Seize the opportunity in technology. It's an easy way to do it if you have cloud-based technology solutions. Jim, let's talk about the, the players in this game from the accounting side. I'm thinking demographics now. One of the challenges with technology is that the profession is baby boomer heavy. Mm-hmm. Predominantly white males, let's call it out. In, in the 50s and 60s, I had a stat that 75% of CPAs and accountants are going to retire in the next 5, 10 years. Yep. But they're driving decisions on technology. They're not necessarily digital natives. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, it, again, it, it really it really varies from country, country to country. So when I look at, look at accounting firms in the UK, and I'll call the UK out, for example. So in the UK, very often, you know, what I've seen uh, at a lot of the firms that I deal with in the UK is that if you have retirement-minded partners that are very close to nearing that retirement age, many of them are not reinvesting in the latest and greatest technologies. And you know, I would strongly say you need to do that. You need to take some of the money off the table, invest in those technologies, because all those people that come behind you that you're going to leave at your firm, you know, you want that firm to continue. You want that firm to thrive. And so don't deprive them of that technology. But you're making me spend my pension part, Jim. That's the problem. <laughs> Can I tell you, man? That's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. Because now, now we don't have that in North America. So North America is a little different, right? So the firms in North America, for the most part, continue to invest in technology. Firms, partners that retire from firms in North America are generally paid out over X number of years, let's say 10 years. So think about that. That, that concept means if I'm retiring, I need to be careful on how much I'm taking out because you know what? This firm needs to be around for 10 more years to make sure I get all the payments I'm entitled to. So that's a huge, huge difference with technology that relates to technology investment is that I, one, I'm not funding that, that retirement with current dollars uh, as is done in the UK because in North America, they keep investing in it. So when I look at how much firms are spending on technology, you know, I'm seeing upwards of six, six and a half percent net revenue in firms in North America. Uh, that's all in. That's hardware, software, everything. When I look at some of our firms in throughout the UK that are spending, it's more that three percent, three and a half percent, four percent. So a significant difference. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, you need to move the needle on technology in your firm. You know, to me, make it more efficient. It's, it's going to help to drive advisory services, which we'll talk about in another, uh, another episode. Technology is at the core of a lot of that. So investing in technology today is significant. But again, I understand where you live is going to drive how much you have the ability 
to invest. Partner comp, the business model for accounting firms. We could do a whole episode on that one, Jim. We'll get you back another time on that. We could, we could. We could, you could have a whole series on that, Rob. Well, get your crystal ball out if you can. You mentioned chat GPT. Cybersecurity is obviously massive at the moment. In the area of technology for accounting firms, what is on the horizon for the next two, three, five years? Yeah. So, you know, if you talked to me a couple of years ago, I would have said it was blockchain and things like that. But you know what? We haven't heard anything about blockchain lately. No, we haven't. Right. We haven't. It sort of fell off because why? It's a type of technology that will be built into other technologies, right, to allow tracing and tracking and things like that. So it's not as first and foremost. But so what I, you know, to me, the number one technology that we need to be aware of is something that we, we were talking about earlier is ChatGPT, right? And not chat itself. It's really artificial intelligence. That's what I would really focus on, right? Artificial intelligence. That's going to be a driver for our profession. Why? Because if you've seen the power of ChatGPT, you understand the power of artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence will, no doubt in my mind about it, will continue to automate those manual tasks that we do in our profession. And that's the bottom line, stupid, simple answer on what AI will do in our profession. All those things that we take for granted. So for example, when we do a tax return, we take numbers off of forms and we put them into software in a specific box. Well, you know what? A machine could do that, right? There are so many manual steps in audit, in tax, that can be automated through AI. Look, AI is not going to take the charter accountant's job away, right? AI is simply going to allow them to do the things that they went to university to learn how to do, to service their clients, to let the machines, let AI do all of those manual tasks. And as an accountant, we sit back, let's interpret the results, let's advise our clients that way. So for every machine that's out there, you need a real guy, you need a real person, you need a person behind that machine to help guide it and advise our clients. To me, AI is absolutely going to impact so many different things across our profession. And it wasn't until ChatGPT that our profession really woke up and said, oh, this is amazing technology. How is it going to impact my job? Jim, love your insights and your passion. Leave us, would you, and we'll put your contact details in our show notes. Leave us with a few thoughts for the accountants themselves, the individuals, what should be on their radar when it comes to technology, whether they're in the baby boomer generation or those lower down the food chain, as it were. So today, look, if I was starting my own practice today, for example, uh, I would be... 100% in the cloud. I would be with a technology vendor that is browser agnostic, device agnostic, meaning I could use my mobile device, I could use my laptop, I could access my data anywhere, anytime. I'd want to be with a vendor who cares about security and privacy of the data because think about it, I advocate cloud. All my data is up there, it's in the cloud, it's in Azure, it's in AWS, it may be wherever the vendor has their place. I want to make sure the vendor takes privacy and security as their number one priority, because that's what keeps me up at night. And you know what, as, as whether I'm young or old in a firm, whether I'm looking to exit or whether I'm looking to come in, embrace change. Don't be happy with what you did last year, right? Don't be happy with just the technologies that we had last year. Be aware and look at the new technologies, understand Forget the borders, embrace technologies. If you're in the UK, embrace North American technologies, embrace Australian technologies. Give them a peek, look at them and look at the ability that they have to service your clients. I often say, let's load that tool belt up just like a carpenter or, some, or uh, someone that's working in construction, they have a tool belt. Accountants are no different, whether you're a chartered accountant or whether you're a CPA, you got a tool belt, carry those best of breed 
technologies with you and continue to go to shows, whether it's account text, whether it's engaged in North America, continue to, you know, absorb everything that's happening in that technology space and how it could yield a better quality product for you guys at the end of the day. Yeah, that's great, Jim. I, I've got to ask you real quick, when an accounting firm is considering purchasing technology, should they have their clients in mind and ease for them? Maybe in portals and things, should they have their own staff in mind? Because we know attracting talent, you've got to create a good technology experience. Should they have their existing technology in mind? There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. There are a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And it's, it's yes, it's all of those things. If I'm, if I'm selecting a new technology, I'm not going to change a technology just for the sake of making change. That's absolutely crazy, right? I, I would look, okay, I, I would brainstorm with my clients. I would ask our clients, are you happy with the way we collaborate using technology? And by the way, don't ask your partners if their clients are happy with the way they, they embrace technology because you'll get friction there. Go right to the client. What can we be doing differently? How can we deliver to you? I mean, give them that Amazon experience, give them that eBay experience. What I mean by that is, wouldn't it be so cool if your accountants came to a portal and saw the current status of where their tax return is in your operation? It's received, it's in process, it's in review, it's ready to go out, it's been, it's been express mailed, it's, it's, it's here's, here's tracking. You know, that's something that is very easy to do today. And that will be really cool to be able to do that type of thing for our clients, give them that Amazon type experience. So, but it's a matter of talking to staff, brainstorming with staff, brainstorming with clients, understanding the pain points that you have within your technology, and then looking for those best of breed technologies to help solve the majority of those pain points. Epic, Jim Book. Thanks so much for your time and your insights today. That's been brilliant. All right, Rob, thank you for having me today. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Yeah.